Hey kiddo, welcome to the Inspire to Engage podcast, where we talk marketing for small business owners, how we can serve our existing clients well, and ways for us to engage more with potential clients. And of course, we'll talk some about the juggles and struggles to do all of this while still having a life. I'm your host, Rachel Eubanks, and I'm so happy that you're here. In this episode, I introduce you to Jennifer Stewart. She's a projects manager at the Catalyst Center. Now, the Catalyst Center is located in Huntsville, Alabama. But the reason I believe this episode is so powerful is because the Catalyst Center is associated with the SBA. So things that you hear happening at the Catalyst Center in this episode, you can probably find around you if you're not close to Huntsville. In fact, if you go to sba.gov and in the main menu, you will see local assistance. Click on that and then you'll see there are several bolded options for you. Probably the easiest will be to hit find help nearby. And there you can put in your zip code and what you're looking for and you can find a center similar to the Catalyst Center, which is what Jennifer talks about in this episode. To me, this episode is very powerful because it helps us small business owners realize some of the coaching and the wisdom that's really close to us for a very minimal fee. For example, at the Catalyst Center here in Huntsville, you can go through the Engage program for not very much money. And after you go through that program, you have access to coaching. I'm talking accountants, legal advice, and marketing coaching for free. So this episode is powerful. We're all wanting information right now. And so Jennifer, she gives it. Plus, not to mention, she talks about the Catalyst Center, which lots of cities are going to have entrepreneurial hubs like it for you to get help if you're not in the Huntsville area. I think you will love this episode. Jennifer is spunky. She's fun. She's passionate about helping small business owners. So I hope you enjoy. And a quick heads up before I press play on our interview. This podcast episode was recorded at the end of April 2020. Jennifer and I do spend time talking about the PPP and the EIDL loans and grants. I cannot promise that this information is up to date if you're listening to it much further into 2020. So Jennifer is a wealth of knowledge on these two loans and grants, but in order to get the most up-to-date information, be sure that you're talking to your local lender for the PPP grant and loan and to be checking the portal for the EIDL loan or grant. And I believe you can do that at the smallbusinessadministration.gov. So sba.gov. Okay, here it is. I am over the moon today to have Jennifer Stewart with us. First of all, she came into my realm of like knowing who she is from a good friend and coach, Melody Thorstrup, who speaks so highly of Jennifer. And I started reaching out to Jennifer a couple of weeks ago to ask her to be on this podcast. And she is so busy with work right now, but she graciously agreed. And so I thank you, Jennifer, for being here. A second reason why I was so excited to have her on today is that I firmly believe we need to be talking to people outside of our niches. I'm a consultant and a podcast host. So of course I need to be talking to other consultants and podcast hosts, but 
I also need to be talking to other business owners who are bakers and jewelry designers because what's working inside their niche may be able to work inside of my niche with a little bit of adjustment. And so with Jennifer's role at the Catalyst, which is a entrepreneurial hub here in Huntsville, Alabama, that they help people from having an idea all the way up to established businesses, some of them with government contracts, minority-led businesses, all over the place. They are entrepreneurial hub. And so with Jennifer, she talks to a wide variety of people. So she is so powerful to be talking to and to have, have her here with this audience. So Jennifer, thank you so much for being here today and introduce yourself to the listeners. Thank you, Rachel, for having me. So my name is Jennifer Stewart. I am the Women's Business Center Project Manager and Program Director. So what that means is all of the ladies that are looking to start new businesses or have new businesses, you will be dealing directly with me. Now, of course, we're not going to discriminate. Uh, the general business falls under me as well. So we do have men that attend our Women's Business Center events and do coaching, um, but my main focus is on the Women's Business Center. So the Catalyst is an economic driver for the North Alabama region in all stages of business. So we, we focus on startups, we focus on established businesses, we focus on those that are trying to grow. So we have we have our hands kind of in, in all the different areas of businesses. We do focus on some key focus areas such as veterans, women, government contractors. So we try to really diversify. That's one of the reasons why, Jennifer, I wanted you to be here today is because you do talk to such a diverse group of people. And so all of us business owners can learn from this because I'm telling you right now, we are all, every one of us are in a new phase of business. It doesn't matter how long we've been in business. This COVID-19 has really shifted every business. And so we've got to be learning from each other right now. I should also say that Jennifer and her husband are small business owners too. So she doesn't come at it, at it just from a coaching standpoint she comes at it from a small business owner standpoint as well, which makes me feel good. So I'm just going to dive in right now with a big question. What is the best piece of advice that you are giving small business owners when they come to you at the Catalyst? Don't give up because we are here. We are here. And it is scary. It's scary, not just for our small business owners, but it's scary for us leading you guys because we all got the same information at the same time. And we are all experiencing the same chaos and the same effects of this pandemic. So the day that all of our business owners had to go remote, we too had to go remote. And so it was a learning curve for us. And while we had training from the SBA directly on some of the, the relief that they were going to put out, it was a day before it went public. So we all knew that, that the government was working on these relief packages, but we got from the SBA a training the day before it went um, officially public and was released. But the information that we got is the same information that all of our small business owners are getting. So it's almost a little scary for us because we're leading our small business clients and owners through applying for loans that we've not applied for either. We don't, we don't know what these portals look like either, except for the training that we've received. So luckily 
after a time or two, we kind of get our feel for it, but it's scary for all of us. And, and what we're telling our folks are, we're here for you and we want to help you be prepared. So that's the second most important piece of advice is be prepared. You know, get your financials in order, plan for ways that you can um, adapt to the situation. You know, instead of only selling in a store, if you've got to close down, look at our restaurants. They've all started doing curbside. You know, you've got small businesses, some of the boutiques, the clothing boutiques. I'm loving that. I'm a boutique shopper and they are posting their little outfits, which actually is better because you can see what they look like on people. And then you order and you can drive right up and do curbside. So they're finding ways to adapt. Now, some of the larger, you know, like TJ Maxx or Marshalls or some of the furniture stores, it's a little tougher for them to do that because they have such a diverse inventory. But some of our small businesses are really, I don't want to say thriving, but I want to say they are thriving, but they're adapting and they're sustaining. So I heard a, a term coined in a webinar I was in this past week called thriveability. And so it talked about how our small businesses were, they're adapting, they're sustaining, and under the current circumstances, they are thriving. So we just, we don't want them to give up because there is a light at the end of this tunnel. Mm -hmm. And one, one thing we've talked about a lot, and we, we tell all of our clients, the comeback is better than the setback. And we've actually done some webinars on just that, on how to cope with what's happening now and how to understand that even though we're going to have to adapt and, and now we have a new normal that we're going to have to kind of conform to. And, and we're not even really sure what the new normal is going to look like. We know that there is going to be a comeback and man, is it going to be amazing? You know, you said so many great things right there, Jennifer. I'm just over here jotting notes like crazy. <laughs> One thing I want to hone in on that you talked about was thrivability and I believe that as scary as it is to be a small business owner right now, because we're small businesses, we can pivot faster. We really can because of the nature of who we are versus really large businesses. And so I think there is a silver lining. I'm not making light of what small business owners have been through. And I'm definitely not making light of someone who has struggled with COVID-19 in their health personally. But if there is some silver lining, small businesses can pivot faster because there's less people involved. They can make quicker decisions. And I agree with you on that. And then from the standpoint too, that when things open up, which is where you guys, where you and I are about to go here in a second, that when things open up, small businesses, because they have less people in there are, in my opinion, going to be a cleaner and more hygiene alert facility and storefront than some of the larger businesses. And I think that is something as small business owners, we really need to tap into that messaging that, hey, we're, we're small and that's a good thing. We can keep things cleaner. We can pay attention to things a little bit more. So I love that word thriveability. So Jennifer, you kind of led into it. What are what are some things that you're telling businesses about opening up again? And let's start with brick and mortar. So those that really have a location, what are some best practices that you're telling them to start thinking right now? And just a quick side note, this podcast is recorded in Huntsville, Alabama. So Alabama is definitely making moves to open 
sooner rather than later. We know it's not like that in every part of the nation, but let's talk about it because it's something every business owner needs to be thinking. What are some best practices they can do to open up? So we have been watching Governor Ivey's um, plans roll out very closely. And, and I know that she's got a task force that is working on, on how to make that transition a little easier even though it's it's really not going to be easy, <laughs> but at least we're going to have a plan in place. And they are really looking at how the CDC is putting out their information. So COVID's got a, its own section of the CDC website. And a lot of those best practices start with still having the social distancing, you know, extra cleaning in place, only allowing so many people in your establishment at a time. I know some of the restaurants, they're going to have um, some space in between the tables once they come back. I know that the health clubs are going to be opening up at some point, and I have not seen how that looks on paper. Now, my husband and I had health clubs, so I'm actually pretty curious to see how this is going to work because you've got, you've got so much equipment that people are touching all the time, and then you've got your classes. So I'm really curious to see how that one plays out. But our salons. I've got a lot of friends that own salons and nail salons. So, you know, we all feel that hairstylists should be essential. I'm just going to go ahead and say that if a vote comes out for that, I want, <laughs> I am a natural blonde. I need my hairstylist <laughs> every three weeks. So I'm a, and my husband, I think my husband may have a mullet. He may get mad that I said that, but he has very thick hair. <laughs> So, you know, but when I've talked to them, they've talked about, you know, only certain amount of people in the salon at, at one time, space in between them, of course, the extra cleaning. And then, you know, if there's something they can do virtual or digital, do it. You know, our small boutiques that right now that are doing curbside or, you know, doing, doing the, I've seen some that go live and they do little fashion shows and you put in, in your comment sold and then they immediately call you, take your money and you show up or they ship it. So really, it's almost like, like you said, the small businesses have really learned to adapt. And I think it's almost because, you know, you think of when you first have a baby, you don't know what to do. Like, I didn't even know I was supposed to burp my child when I had it. I mean, I knew nothing, but I figured out real quick, you know, when you're under pressure, you, you, you're wired to learn and adapt and overcome. So I feel, I feel like all of our business owners, they have learned ways to conform and really adapt to these times. So I see them using some of what they've already been doing to move forward as they begin to open. You know, some of the stores are only letting a certain amount of people. We saw that. I don't know if you went to, to Lowe's the day that we were going to close down for the, <laughs> I was that person. I, I went and it was insane. Um, but they did, they had a system. They had tape on the floors telling you how far apart to stand. You could only go in a certain amount of people. My husband and I couldn't even walk in at the same time. One of us had to go. And then when that person got in the door, the next one. So they, they really did have a system, even though it was utter chaos. So I figure if Lowe's can do it, <laughs> the rest of us can do it. But I, I think it all just comes down to spatial distancing and cleanliness you know, and just really protecting yourself. I, I think a lot of folks will be wearing masks. What I do love is that there's so many creative masks that are coming out. I mean, our, our boutiques are selling masks. Adorable. I want to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. It's adorable. Agreed. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. My mom sent me a text and told me that she was crocheting 
some masks for us. She's that mom that crochets everything. So, you know, well, it's going to be an accessory of sorts, you know. You know, and that, that's a great point that life is not going to go back to normal. Even when businesses open up, you are still going to see a lot of people in masks. And I think that's a good thing because it is, it is kind of a warning of how that person is taking the COVID-19, meaning, hey, stay away from me. I am practicing social distancing. It is a level of protection. And you're right about how businesses are going to have to still continue using what they've learned because there's still going to be customers who are not going to feel secure coming into your store. So if you offer curbside pickup now, be willing to continue to offer curbside pickup for a while. I mean, I, and you and I don't know for how long that will be. I mean, that really may be into 2021. And then your point about the mask too, I saw this very interesting it was on like Upworthy or Good News and I shared it where a surgeon, because he had to wear a mask all the time now, a surgeon had printed a picture of himself smiling and he clipped that on his jacket. But his point was, was everybody needs to see a smile. I want people to be able to imagine me smiling behind my mask. So I think as small business owners, if you know that you're going to be behind a mask all day, that might not be a bad idea to let people see that you're still happy. You're still here to serve. This is what I look like outside my cute designer mask. Okay. <laughs> I love that idea. Okay. You brought a lot of super points right there. You and I, before we hit record, we were talking about the fact businesses like what you and I do as far as consulting have also learned to work really well virtually. So a couple of minutes ago, we were talking about the brick and mortar. What are your thoughts about businesses like coaching and consulting? And there's others out there too. What do you foresee happening with these businesses? I see a lot of us doing more virtual work. Yes. I think, I think we need to preface that with the HR view because a lot of these employees have gotten used to working from home. How do you take that back? I mean, just how do you say, okay, on this day, everybody's going to come back and we're going to all be in the same cubicle or the office and work like nothing ever happened. I mean, I, I think that business owners need to kind of look at flex time or, you know, and we're even talking about it on our end. How, how does it look when we do come back and do we keep doing a lot of virtual? I love that we can do this virtual coaching. I'm able to, to see more people because I'm not having to run back and forth to the copy machine and wait for folks to, to drive to the office. And what happens if they get stuck in traffic? And then, and then all the, the rest of appointments are pushed back. So now, as long as technology is working, which sometimes, you know, we, we've had a few workshops that have gone rogue because the Zoom didn't perform like, or, like it should. Or I think we really need to, to think about one, how, how are we bringing our employees back? And then two, can we do more digitally? Because I know that at the Catalyst, we're probably going to do a whole lot more digitally because we can. And especially when things relate to, to COVID, um, we have a new grant coming in soon, hopefully, that is helping us focus on small business owners and how to deal with the effects of COVID mm. and how to plan for the future effects of not only COVID, but just pandemics in general. So planning for the present, getting, getting our financials ready so that if we need to apply for relief, we can. Getting our businesses ready to 
come back and adapt to our new normal, whatever that looks like, and then preparing our businesses over the next year for any further pandemics. Because now we know that this is real, this happens. You know, none of us hadn't thought anything like this would ever happen. We talk to our parents and grandparents and they talk about pandemics from, from years gone by, but we've, we've, most of us have never experienced anything like this. So we need to be ready for something like this. And we, we need to understand that in October, November, when flu season comes back, what's that going to look like? We're already nervous. So, and we know that the flu kills more than COVID has. And while COVID is more, it's, it's very... Less is known about it. Yeah, but it's, it's aggressive. It's very yes. aggressive. And to those with health issues, for example, I have autoimmune issues and my lungs don't always cooperate like they should. So if I get sick, immediately it goes to walking pneumonia, pneumonia, bronchitis. So I have to be very careful. So when flu season comes around, I know that me personally, I do more social distancing before it was even cool to do social distancing. <laughs> but That's but just being then, smart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I just thought I'm going to stay away from people that can make me sick. I have started over the past year. I already order my groceries from my phone. I drive up, they put them in that car and I drive home. I don't, I don't go to the grocery store unless I have to. Right now, I actually have to because everything's sold out. So I have to be able to make decisions on what I need. Yeah, so I think knowing that when we come back to work, that this fall when flu season hits and when cold season hits, people are going to be very nervous. And you're going to get those folks that say, I don't feel safe. Or mm -hmm. they're going to see that coworker coughing and think, oh gosh, I'm going to get sick. Mm -hmm. And you know, there are some laws in place to protect employers and to protect employees from these type of issues. So they, they need to educate. You said something that I definitely want to come back to in a second about preparing financially in the future, because I can't help but think about my grandfather who lived through the great depression right. and it truly affected him as an individual. He saved everything. He was very frugal with his money, even though he didn't have to be frugal with his money, but living through something like that affects you. And I feel like that, that for most of us that are living through this right now, we will have a, a as a small business owner, we will have a perspective that will forever change us in how we run our businesses. So because we have lived through this, we have found holes in our businesses that we don't ever want to find again. And so we're going to prep from here on out. And so you did a great job. We didn't even plan this, but you did a great job leading into the next question that I'm going to talk about is that financially speaking, small business owners are scared. And even if they make this, make it out of this, they will be affected for a long time. And like I said, I think mentally we'll be affected like this forever as small business owners. So what is some advice that you are giving small business owners because you were talking about preparing for now, preparing for the future. What is some advice that you are giving them financially so that they can come out of this and survive it and then be prepped for if we go back to similar shutdown mindset in the fall and winter months? I am so happy you asked that because we are actually putting together some training workshops for this. Um, we've developed a series called The Banker's Box, and we have got a small business lender coming in to teach our small business owners budgeting and financial re resiliency from a small banker's perspective, from a small business banker's perspective. So teaching not just 
budgeting for personal because a lot of us know how to budget our own money. But a lot of times when we're in our businesses, we know what our expenses are, but we don't always set a specific budget. Um, especially our smaller mom and pop shops. We know that some months things are going to change. Things are going to pivot and we're going to have to put our funds here. Then, you know, something's going to change. We're going to have to pivot over here. But if we can really help them learn to budget and learn to get their personal finances in order that way, if they need to take out a loan or an SBA loan, they're not going to get denied because even right now, the disaster relief, the EIDL loan, if you have bad credit, you're probably not going to get approved. We're seeing folks get denied because of personal credit. So it's so important that our small business owners be prepared personally, financially, and then get their business finances in order and really get a plan. You know, we, we've all heard of Dave Ramsey and how you have to save um, and how you have to spend a certain amount of money on, on this and that and this and that. It goes the same for the business. You have to be prepared. And sometimes that means small business owners have to work more in and on their business. So I know when my husband and I had our businesses, we had the tornadoes come through. What was it? 2011. 11. And our clubs were closed for two weeks. Um, now, of course, we saved in payroll and luckily we had a membership draft. So we still had some funds coming in, but the folks who couldn't go to work didn't have income coming in. Well, their payments weren't drafting. They were calling to cancel because they didn't know when they were going to be back. Um, and some of them didn't, didn't come back for, for months. So that really hurt us. So I can just imagine how our small business owners are feeling right now from this. So we have to be prepared. I mean, there are some stimulus funds coming out. I know we've all gotten the IRS checks or deposits or, or they're on route, but there's talk of another one because the government understands that this is an ongoing issue. Even though we might all start back to work and the state's going to start opening back up in a few days, um, little by little, this, the effects of this are, they're, they're going to be long lasting. And I don't know that it's going to even completely go back to normal ever. I think this has really changed our lives, changed our views and our perspective. So I, I mean, I just, I really feel like we have to be educated personally and on the business standpoint. So coming full circle, we do have some workshops coming in place to help our small business owners and not just in finances, but in, in marketing, you know, Melody, she's just amazing. Um, I mean, I, I guess you've heard her speak quite a few times, but so she started working with me to do, we call it marketing madness because really it's pivoting your business during this time to not only brand yourselves, your business brand, but then expanding that, expanding your reach. And, you know, how, how do you do that? A lot of our business owners, they, you know, I've, I've mentioned this to you earlier. I had a gentleman that just said, Hey, I know how to hang TVs and run wire and do electricity. I do not know how to do marketing or accounting or any of that. I need help. And so it was one of those where we, we literally had to put him with several different coaches. We had an attorney coach that was able to help him make sure that he set up his, his entity correctly. We got him with an accounting coach to make sure that he knew the different options of accounting software. Um, we do offer some QuickBooks training. So we were able to get him and his wife some QuickBooks training and then send him to Melody for marketing. And I don't even know if they've met yet, but that was the next in line was, you know, to make sure that he had an arsenal behind him through the catalyst, a team that's, that's on his side. 
And the beauty is they don't pay for it. It's We are funded by the SBA. Um, so we are grant funded SBA resource partner. So that means all of our small business owners can come to us for free. Our one-on-one -on -one coaching is free. We have several workshops that some are free and some just have a nominal fee. So the beauty is it's, it's very low cost to even come to the workshops and it's amazing. And let me ask you this too, because not everybody that listens is in the Huntsville, Alabama area. Are there other grant funded entrepreneurial hubs in other cities? Is this something that business owners in other cities can easily find and have access to as well? Yes. So there are only 117 women's business centers in the United States. So we're the only one in Alabama, believe it or not. But there are small business development centers all throughout the United States as well. So if folks go to sba.gov website, there is a place where you can basically click to find resource partners. So that's what they're called if it's somebody who's associated with the SBA and can provide information. Okay, that is great information to know. And back to the marketing that you were talking about too. I've had several podcast episodes lately on marketing and the fact that because people are not driving to and from work and because we're at home and we're looking for a diversion, social media has been almost like a playground lately. It's, it's been a lot of fun. If you're a business owner or you're looking to kind of get yourself heading in the right direction. So I agree with you that this is also a time that not only to focus on your finances and just because of who I am personally, I would still say to business owners, focus on your finances first, please get your budget under control because that, that is literally money. But second, this is a great opportunity to be focusing on your marketing and thinking about how can I talk to my ideal client in the current state that we're living in right now, because we're all dealing with this COVID-19. And so there's got to be that fine line in your marketing where you're still talking about your goods and services, but at the same time, you're still recognizing that life is different for all of us. We, you know, you can't only talk about COVID-19 and you can't, only talk about your products and services. There's got to be that fine line, just, just a human factor. You know, right. let's pause for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Grace Girl Beads. This jewelry is handmade in Huntsville, Alabama. Now don't worry, if you're not from Huntsville, Amy definitely ships. Her jewelry is inspired by nature and infused with vintage charm and modern style. Her jewelry is perfect for everyday wear, from the office or carpool to a night on the town, when we actually get to go out on the town again. But you will find the perfect piece of jewelry to match your style. Now, I know Amy personally, and I know how hard she works on each of her pieces. You will love this jewelry. I encourage you to head to her site, gracegirlbeads.com. One more time, gracegirlbeads.com you will find some beautiful things there. Okay, back to the show. Tell us what is the latest that you're hearing because I know that some listeners are going to want to know what is the latest that you're hearing on the PPP loans. Okay, so keep in mind there's the PPP and the EIDL. So we have two avenues to get funding. So the EIDL is the Economic Injury Disaster Loan and that is the one that it has the $10,000 initial forgiveness that you apply for directly through the SBA. Now, 
the PPP is the payroll protection program. And that is the one that you, if you follow certain rules, and this has all been a very fluid situation, but if you're following certain rules and you know, you're hiring your people back in a certain amount of time and you're using the funds, a certain amount of the funds for payroll, that becomes a forgivable grant versus just a loan. Whereas if you don't follow all the criteria, then you do have a loan. So some people say, but it was a grant. Well, it is if you follow, you know, there's, there's a matrix out there and you have to follow all these, all the criteria for it to be a grant. But right now, that is currently open. So we all know that the the round one funds dried up and then they pushed through and approved um, this second wave of funding. So the PPP application portals have reopened. So those are first come first serve. So you want to make sure that you're getting with your bank. Most of most folks are using the local banks, but we we have just found out that you can apply for these things through PayPal and Square and Cabbage. So I was just watching a training early this morning that talked about those aspects of it. So local lenders and now through different avenues to apply. You also need to know that you have to follow all of the instructions on those documents and you have to be very accurate. So there's a lot that goes into those applications on both the EIDL and the PPP. That's when having your financials in order come into play. A lot of the coaching that we've been doing is making sure that the people have access to the application documents ahead of time and they know what they're going to need. So what I've sent out, I can't tell you how many emails I've sent out that just give an overview of both programs and then I've hyperlinked the documents they're going to need. So while I can't hyperlink their taxes, obviously, I can I can hyperlink the, the application. There's two different ones, whether you're an, a sole proprietor or a corporation, the personal financial statement. You know, a lot of people don't keep these documents updated and on hand. They know that if they're going to go get a loan, they're going to need a financial statement, but they don't just always have that ready. And so we're telling folks, get your documents ready, especially now. So the idle loan, those application portals have not opened back up. So... We've got to get our folks prepared, get their financials in order and be ready. You know, check, check online. You guys find out when we find out that those portals are open. Let me ask, where do they need to be checking, especially for the idle loan, the EIDL? Did I say that correctly? Yeah. Okay. So tell us where they need to be checking for that portal to be open. You apply directly at the SBA website. So it's sba.gov. And that's for both of them as far as open or you're talking about for idle specifically? Just idle because the payroll protection, we dub that the PPP, mm-hmm. that is you apply for that at your bank. So there is a different portal through your banking institution. Okay. So you have to apply in different places. Now you can apply for both and you, there are a lot of people getting approvals on both. Um, but there are some stipulations. If you, one ends up being a grant, if you get the $10,000 advance grant on the idle, you can't get a grant on both sides, if that, if that makes sense. You don't get to know. You can't double dip and get free money on both sides. Um, one of them will, you'll end up taking money from one to the other for, for the loan aspect of it. So that's where things begin to get hairy and you get a lot of questions. So that's when I say, let's get an accountant involved. <laughs> That's a good point. And you mentioned a second ago, and I believe it was about the PPP. You mentioned a matrix. Is there somewhere specifically, is that matrix a part of the application? I just want to make sure that someone knows clearly 
this is not well, a grant until you officially jump through all these hoops. Right. There's all sorts of stipulations and all of that information, um, because it has been fluid and they've kind of been ever changing along the way as they've been nailing down exactly how it's going to be. We can send folks updated lists, but what we've found is the actual lenders are getting more clarification. So a, a lot of times we can say, if they come to us with a question, is it going to be, because we know the basics. We have the basic outline. They, the SBA is giving the lenders the nitty gritty details. So if someone has a specific question, it's best to ask directly to your lender because they're underwriting it. They're banks. Well, actually, let me take that back. I don't know how exactly that's being underwritten, but so I don't want to speak to that just in case, but they are the ones facilitating that. I believe that they are the ones actually doing the underwriting following the SBA criteria. Gotcha. Um, so I kind of dug more into the idle loan since I knew that the PPP was going through the bankers. Good um, point. Good point. And so basically if you're choosing to go PPP, you need to be asking very specific questions about how is this going to truly be a grant for me versus a loan or understanding completely that this is a loan unless I can follow all of these steps. Correct. So also Jennifer, you mentioned the banker's box a couple of minutes ago about helping business owners get their finances under control so that they have some reserve if this happens again. And is that banker's box going to be available online or is that going to be something only once the doors open again, only in-house at the Catalyst? And of course, I'm asking for listeners who may be concerned about their own health and who are outside the Huntsville, Alabama area. So what about the banker's box? So my thought, and it's still in the developmental stages because okay. right now everything is virtual. My thought process is if it is COVID related and we're, you know, we're teaching our small businesses how to thrive in pandemic times, I would like to keep a lot of these virtual, especially because some of our folks, if they are working in their businesses, they may not be able to get away for two hours, 30 minute drive time to the Catalyst, hour set seminar, 30 minutes back. Um, so I would going to push to keep a lot of these virtual. I think we'll have a nice mix of both, but we've found our reach to be so much greater with virtual. So we love that we can reach so many more and, and not just in, in the North Alabama region. We're able to reach folks from all over the country. Agreed. And of course, that's why I was asking because I was hoping that you would have that answer that we are planning on offering this or virtually because I do feel like that's a great program and this is a time that so, so many business owners know in their heart of hearts I want to get this right now because we understand we know that people will tell us hey you need to have this under control you need to know your finances but until you live through something like this it changes your perspective and it changes your priorities and all of a sudden these things are extremely important. I know that we're running out of time, Jennifer, and I just so appreciate this candid conversation that I've had with you. So before we go, I want you to tell the listeners where they can find out more about you and about the catalyst. Of course, I'm going to link to it here in the show notes because I do want people to have access to that website. So tell us where we can find you. So of course the website and the website will actually have information on all of our upcoming programs, a little bit about all of our staff. We put all of our programs on Eventbrite as well. So if you are an Eventbrite user and you follow the Catalyst, you'll be able to see all of our events coming up. We are on social media. So we are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. 
So if you just search the Catalyst Center, our official name is the Catalyst Center for Business and Entrepreneurs, but we go by the Catalyst on social media. So if folks just literally search the Catalyst, yeah, but we do push out a lot of information on our social media because it's ever changing. So it doesn't go on our website. We've been putting up some information on some grants that we've found for our small business owners. Spanx had one, Facebook had one, Google had one. And because Facebook is moving to our city, we're in an area where Facebook will give grants. So we've been trying to push some of that stuff out on our social media as well. I found another one last night from Tori Birch. Uh, may or may not have been shopping when I found it. <laughs> but so I'm going to try to push that one out today as well. And, and that's a great point too about especially following places like the catalyst right now on social media, because this stuff is so fluid. It's easier to get the information out on a feed versus keeping the website up to date. And I also strongly recommend for people signing up for your newsletter, which of course they would need to go to the catalyst center to do that. And that's for any SBA funded business center in case you're not in the Huntsville area is to sign up for their newsletter because they do a nice job of putting out information there as well for upcoming workshops too. So I would highly recommend that. Yes. So we do a weekly newsletter and then we send out e-blasts if there's something special coming up. So we try to make sure that we get, get all that information out as well. I will say that the portal to our free coaching is to go through our um, engage workshop. So it's engage for entrepreneurs. There is a nominal cost for that. And it kind of goes through, okay, I've got an idea for our business. What now? So we work through the business plan. And she, she literally helps you write your business plan at a foundational level, talks about your elevator pitch, talks about your marketing. It kind of gives you the nuts and bolts of starting a business. And then once you go through Engage, you end up doing an initial consult with me. Um, we go through kind of your ideas. Uh, you know, do you have a business license? You know, what, what all the, the, the legal side of it, are you actually set up? Do you need to get set up? What information do you still need? And then based on my conversation, I get them with the next coach. So if they need accounting help or if they need legal help, you know, whatever, whatever their next step is, we make sure that that happens. We also have a government contracting section. So Huntsville is just huge government sector. And a lot of our small business owners, they want to start their own contracting business. So we have two projects under the Catalyst Center. We have our Tech Rich project and we have our Women's Business Center. So I, I handle the Women's Business Center and Lee Christian runs our Tech Rich. She does an amazing job with teaching people how to become government contractors and work with the government contracting um, subcontracts. And she, she does a government contracting one-on-one. -on -one. It's basically kindergarten level introductory to government contracting. And we're in the works of de developing some courses to really help you get, get through that. And, and some of these will be cert certification programs. So Lee is doing an amazing job. So she's an amazing coach and she's an amazing leader of the Tech Rich program. And I'm just excited to see how, how both sides grow. That is great. I'll tell you what, Jennifer, I think you are a huge asset to the catalyst and you. you have been very helpful today to the listeners as they get their mind wrapped around what is it going to be like going forward. And so I appreciate your wisdom today and being willing to talk with me and to help the listeners too. So I'll just wish you the best. Okay, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me. And don't forget the comeback is better than the setback. <laughs> Yay. Well said. Well said. I hope you have a wonderful day. Okay.
too. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. That episode was a powerful one. I had lots of takeaways from that, but I'll try to keep it brief as possible. Number one, I love how Jennifer started the conversation. She said, don't give up. That's really what this whole episode was about, was for me and hopefully you to realize that there are lots of great opportunities for coaching, for talking to somebody who has been there and done that. Not exactly done COVID-19. Nobody's been there, but they've been through tough times. Places like the Catalyst in Huntsville, Alabama, but there's lots of other entrepreneurial hubs that are associated with the SBA all around the nation. And remember to find one close to you, head to sba.gov, and then in the main menu, click local assistance. And then from there, to me, the easiest is to click find help nearby or something like that. You'll see. For most places like the Catalyst Center, by going through their initial learning event, then you have access to free coaching. And a lot of us are craving coaching and wisdom right now because we don't want to be in the same place if something like this happens again. So I love how she said, don't give up. And that's really kind of the theme of this whole episode. Now, takeaway two, be prepared. That means be prepared with your financial statements. Start working on those now. Whether you are asking for a loan or grant, it's just good to look back at your finances. She even talks about knowing your budget on a personal level and then also creating a budget for your business. Therefore, you are able to have retained earnings and that gives you a buffer when if something like this happens again. So be prepared. And I was listening to another podcast, Now I don't remember which one, but I got to hear the speaker say, this is the only time that I have been telling business owners to also be reactive. Be prepared, but for once I'm going to say be reactive. So this is being done to us. You can be prepared as you've ever wanted to be, but nobody saw COVID-19 coming at us like this. So now we have to be reactive. We have to realize and look back at our business, pivot, see the holes that are there. We have to plug those holes right there. We have to pivot so that we can serve our customers where, they're, where they currently are and where we currently are as a business as far as safety and availability of our products and services. But if we're reactive now, that's actually going to prepare us for the future so that if we see something like this again, we have a plan in place. So be prepared. And at the same time, you get a pass for being reactive right now too. Okay, third thing that she said, and she said it several times. I love this statement too. The comeback is better than the setback. So even if your business is going to make it through COVID-19, I know I have definitely suffered in some degree. And when I say suffer, I don't I don't mean it disrespectfully to a business that's closing or to someone who has physically suffered from COVID-19. But we've all been changed by this. We all have experienced some sort of setback. So I'm like Jennifer, I'm excited to see the comeback and to experience that. This is something that we can forever tell our kids and our grandkids and our great grandchildren about living through COVID-19. And the fourth thing, 
absolutely love this and I will be using this after this podcast, ThriveAbility. This to me totally describes small business owners. Because we're small, but we're mighty. Because we're tiny, we can pivot quickly and change our offerings, change how we serve customers. We can do that a lot faster than large organizations. So that gives us ThriveAbility. And that's the fun thing about being a small business owner. It's scary because we are small, but at the same time, it's powerful because we are small. We have thrive ability. I loved this episode. I hope you found it powerful as as much as I found it powerful. Now I'm about to wrap it up. You know how I feel about ratings and reviews. So if you found value in this episode, please leave a rating or a review. You as a business owner know that those are powerful things as well. And the last thing, if you are using this time to firm up your marketing, you know that you have gotten in a habit of speaking to everybody and all of a sudden no one's listening, head to my site, www.inspiretoengage.com. Once again, that's inspiretoengage.com all lowercase and no spaces. There, you're going to find a freebie that says, know your ideal client better. Now, it's a short freebie. And what it's helping you to do is to think deeper about what stage of life is your client in. Because many times we just say things like, well, it's a female and she's in her 60s. There's a lot that happens in that decade for women. They could have their first grandchild, or maybe they welcome their 10th. That's very different than welcoming your first and your 10th. Or maybe she's retiring, or maybe she's she's starting her second career. So just saying that my ideal client is female in her 60s is not enough. This short worksheet will help you delve deeper into what stage of life that she's living in. And therefore, you can talk directly to her. You start to visualize a real person. And when you can talk to a real person, then you serve her well. And over time, you start to attract more and more people like her or like him. Anyway, head to my site, www.inspiretoengage.com. Okay, praying for small business owners like you and me. And I hope that as things slowly start to open up in our nation, that you find a way for your business to thrive. There's that thrivability again. Okay, until next week, kiddo. Bye.